Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Adoption Adventures. Hoping that uh, <laughs> you've not been caught up in these gale force winds and uh, been carried away like, like Dorothy. Uh, I'm uh, going to be talking today about a meeting that I was at last week, um, whereby I was invited to senior leaders meeting to discuss um, adoption support, what that looks like and, and how it's going to look. Now, the newest um, executive head of, of our regional agency has got a real focus on this for, for the next 12 months as a minimum, recognising that adoption support doesn't always look like it needs to look. Um, adopters aren't getting the support that they want or need in the timely fashion that they need it. Um, and yeah, there's a there's a, a real understanding, a deeper understanding that it's not looking how it needs to look and some things need to be done to sort of make those improvements, make those marked improvements for for adopters in general. Um so again, as as always, I'm I'm gonna be sort of sharing about sort of a, a more localized um discussion that was happening. But Whilst whilst it is a localised discussion, it, it needs to be recognised that just because it's happening here doesn't mean that it's not happening in your area. Just because it's happening here doesn't mean that your area won't get it or isn't doing better. Um, as these conversations are being had, the executive head from our regional agency is sharing that with other heads um, and sharing sort of best practice and their practice and, and sort of seeing what else can be done generally really um, so yes whilst I know this is sort of a localized conversation it's it's a broader conversation um, now as we started talking as a group we started talking about what what support is currently out there what is um, currently being accessed um, and what is accessible um, and we sort of acknowledged that uh, I've talked about this before we acknowledged that with the adoption support fund in place um, a lot of adopters kind of have the approach of looking for therapy as a resolution therapy as a, a solution to um, the wider issue and the wider problem um, and what we talked about as a collective was how was no one denied that that is actually a solution of course it is um, and in some cases it is the only solution that can be put in place really um, what we were talking about was how we wanted to we wanted to acknowledge that the amount of people that might be being de-skilled by that solution being put in place. Quite often for, for therapy to be introduced, it means that parents aren't in those sessions, workers aren't in those sessions. So essentially, a child or children would go to therapy and that therapist who is very skilled and qualified in what they do would start the journey of repair um, and they would they would make inroads now 
we I sort of talked about how the problem there was. Usually it would be a case of right um family A go to their adoption support teams and say, hey, we need some therapy and that is put in place. And then funding is approved for 20 sessions with a therapist. Um, and that is the conclusion of it. That's the end. Lots of problems here. Um, first and foremost, a therapist may be looking to say, hey, 20 sessions is not going to be enough for us to be able to deal with this, but you still want me to have a conclusion by the end. Um, or the other side, what if at the end of that they do say, hey, yeah, actually we've reached a, a suitable outcome at the end of these 20 sessions. Um, the problem is they have reached that solution. They have reached that outcome. They've not been able to share too widely what they've been able to work through. And they've not then been able to kind of share what's been put in place and the parents haven't done it so there's a sort of like a de-skill there of the parent the workers who used to sort of go do some outreach do some support groups and support sessions they aren't doing any of this work therefore they're not getting the answer to that problem they're not helping to sort of find that solution so it's it's kind of um, a self-perpetuating issue self-perpetuating problem because you aren't ever reaching the end of that um, as a, a fam family or a worker and we were saying that then when those phone calls are coming through to the support workers and the adoption support teams they're kind of not feeling like they have the skills or ability to be able to solve or resolve so they will automatically pass those up the chain and they will put in those applications um and they'll sort of pass those on because they don't feel like they can hold them themselves um so ultimately the only people that are left with the skills to be able to handle these issues are therapists. Then what happens is adopters, when we're in a moment of crisis, we feel that the only solution is therapy. And we was talking about this, and I know I've talked about that before. When we were saying what needs to happen is we need to kind of step step back a little bit and say, actually, hold on, we need to upskill our teams and we need to upskill our parents and we need to remind our parents that whilst therapy is a solution it's not the only solution um, and there's a a term that seems to be being used at the moment it seems to be sort of like the latest buzzword um, which is waiting well um, so if you are making an application for the ASF, the Adoption Support Fund, if you are waiting for therapy or waiting for anything, um, the idea is that you are left in a holding pattern where you are at least accessing some degree of support, even if it's low level support, so as you aren't 
just waiting and you aren't the crisis isn't getting worse um so there's talk about what we can do to support there um we then talked about sort of um essentially the open and closed cases um of support and you saw in the bigger areas that they had a a bigger number of people that cases open to them no shock there um what i found really interesting was how low the close rate was um and the cases that were being closed was really really minimal now i i kind of observed um and sort of threw in a an opinion here to say where there is such a huge wait list to get the support in the first place adopters may be too fearful to allow a case to be closed in the sort of in the worry that if you close my case is it going to then take another six months for you to reopen it and reassess me i've been waiting for so long i don't want to now have to wait again so our adopters kind of fighting really hard to keep those cases open and feel like they've got to keep the cases open um the the thought process as well um the discussion as well was around that initial phone call that adopters are making that when they are making that phone call and saying hey here are the issues that i've got allowing the workers to be able to address that call and manage that call and have the skills to manage that call in the first instance and we said that in many ways if they had the skills for that first phone call it might be that they could offer a resolution and a solution there and then and then that case is instantly closed and that worker can then feel like they've actually um, achieved something they can feel like they've made a difference they can feel like they've had a bigger impact and they've made a bigger difference um, and what we were finding was that there were a lot of agencies that were taking on these phone calls and as soon as the phone call came through they would say hey there's a x amount of time wait you are now in the pile you are now waiting and that first phone call would just essentially be to just take enough details to just put them on a wait list um and whilst that's doubling up on work and it's doubling up on frustrations and difficulties and things like that it's not actually helping it's not helping resolve that situation resolve that problem um so we was talking again about what we can do to upskill those workers and to work better on the front door and work better on those first initial phone calls um and pushing that pushing that agenda and we then talked about again signposting and understanding what supports sort of strings there are available because so many workers won't be aware of what's available and won't know what's available so again they're going to be thinking straight to adoption support fund and therapy um when actually that's not always the solution um you know in over 11 years with little dude 
he's accessed some counselling at school um, to support him with sort of emotions and, and sort of some frustrating times during transitions. Um, when little dude first moved in with us, we had attachment style, uh, attachment focused um, therapy. But over that 11 years, we've not needed to access therapy on a regular basis. But we have contacted adoption support teams. We've asked certain questions. We've looked for support. And there have been times, and I've told you before, there have been times when I sort of spoke to a social worker and said, hey, these are some of the conversations that are going on for us at the moment. These are some of the difficulties that we're facing. What's your thoughts? Oh, how are we doing? How are we handling this? And sometimes that's all that we ever needed. We just needed someone to go, yeah, look, what you're doing is fine. Brilliant. Now at least I've checked in and everything's fine. That worker has done enough to make me feel sort of settled. Um, and that's what I think we need to be doing more with our social workers. And that's what I think social workers need to be doing more with their families. Those initial phone calls, finding the right sort of questions to ask, lending a little bit of a handhold and also signposting to some of the support groups. And like I said last week, pushing back and saying, what, what groups have you been attending? What have you been doing to sort of make sure you're, you're in the right place? Okay, not so many. Fine. Well, then you need to be addressing that. You need to be looking at that. Um, I was talking to uh, an adopter over the weekend um, who saw my post about sort of going to this support meeting and their response was, you know, what support? We've not had any. It's been really limited. And that was really, really frustrating, really upsetting to see. Um, but I asked this adopter, you know, are there any support groups in your area? Have you become a member of Adoption UK? Because they've got webinars, they've got support groups, online stuff, you know. Are you aware of these? And this stuff to come back and said, no, hadn't even heard of it. Didn't know this is in existence. Um, now, I mean, <laughs> I mean this in the right way, and it will sound a little bit harsh. That's the adopter's responsibility as well. I'm not going to let it all fall onto the shoulders of of the agencies doing all of the work. We're parents too. It's it's our job to look for these things and look f to find these things as well. All right. I, I don't mean that sounds as harsh as it probably did, but it is our job. That is our responsibility as parents is to to find solutions as well. It's not just our agencies that have got to solve all of the problems. Um, that's not how life looks. We want to be treated as normal families until we want something. <laughs> um, but I also think that that is a real negative on the agency that they've not let adopters know that there is a charity called Adoption UK that supports adopters and they are the country's largest adoption charity. Well, we should be promoting their services and promoting their work. Um, and if we don't want to promote their work, talk about the work that we're doing in our, own, in our own agencies. There are plenty of things that are going on. There are agencies that are pro proactive and productive with what they're doing. 
let's talk about them let's brag about them let's really really hammer home all of the wonderful things that they're doing let's not wait to to see someone's in a difficult time and so many times you hear oh my support groups are, are just not well attended well what are you doing to market them what what are you doing to promote them to us as adopters how how are you sharing these these sessions so it's it's important. It's important to get these messages out there and to, to get them sort of promoted, really. Um, so that's that's kind of um, the discussion that we're having and discussions that are going on. We're putting on a um, adoption support conference, and this is going to be the support teams that are going to come together and we're going to share some frustrations, some difficulties. We're going to sh share some feedback from some of the different research that's been done. Um, I'm also going to be doing a, a segment um, talking from adopters perspective. Um, and I'm going to be actually, again, this comes down to sort of some discussions that I've been having and I've had with yourselves. Um, a lot of these support teams have got sort of trauma fatigue whereby they are hearing all of the real difficult stuff and they're holding that for us, but they very rarely get to hear the good stuff. They very rarely get to hear that their work has had a positive impact. So they don't know if what they're doing is working. Therefore, they don't know that that advice is good advice to then offer to the next adopter that phones. So I'm looking to collate some positive feedback and some positive interactions that adopters have had with their support teams to demonstrate what works and how it's worked. Um, because I think that they're going to be feeling pretty uh, pretty low about their work as well. And and it's really important to, to build them up because they do make a huge difference. And I know that there's adopters right now that are yelling at their listening device saying, no, 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 I've, I've been calling and they never offer any support. And do you know what? You're probably, you're absolutely right. There are many adoption support teams that aren't doing enough. No doubt, no question, that is true. There are also some incredible workers out there that are making massive, massive differences to families. And we need to promote their work. We need to celebrate their work. And we need to really work harder at backing them and getting getting on board with them. Um. So that's going to be coming up and that's a, a conversation that we're going to be having. And I'm really excited about sort of being a part of that, part of that discussion. Um, and you can see that actually adoption support is a huge thing at the moment where there's a huge understanding and realisation that the support that's in place for adopters, it, it's, it's good in some areas, but it could be great in so many more areas we just need to be pushing that and, and doing a bit of a better job with that. Um, so it's looking at those first initial calls, how are we handling them, then looking at the follow-ups and what we're doing there and, and how we're working with our families. So lots of really exciting conversations, totally early days uh, for myself here. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you and share sort of where we're at and, uh, and what's going on. And hopefully that's interesting for yourself. Hopefully, um, you know, you're, if you're a prospective adopter, you're hearing that there's a lot of work going into what we can do to support you. If you are an adopter at the moment and um, you're hearing this, maybe you're hearing that your 
your adoption support team are working harder to improve or they're going to be working harder to improve so lots lots there to to talk about too um if you've had an interaction with your um with your support team and it's been a positive interaction i'd like you to drop me a line i'd like you to drop me a message so as you can tell me about that so as i can share those positive interactions um, and what it is that made it a positive interaction so as i can share that so as we can start to improve no different to parenting we're looking to talk about the positives we're looking to share all of the wonderful positives and we're looking to celebrate the positives because if we talk about the positives the negatives will fall away okay so jump onto our um social media um adoption.adventures for instagram and for Facebook, uh, Adoption Advent 1 um, on Twitter, or Adoption Adventures 123 at gmail.com for any of your positive interactions. Let me hear them. Um, thank you as always for tuning in. Hopefully, it's been an um, interesting conversation. Uh, I'm sure that next week I'll be bringing it back to stuff that's going on in the home. Um, but until then, thank you as always for tuning in. Send much love and I will speak to you next week.